0: Welcome to Morning Commute. I'm Brad Doles.
1: And I am Sam Albert. You know, Brad and I have been friends for many years.
0: Uh, That's true, probably know, five or more. And we've built this friendship on making conversations that we talk about basically anything we can think about.
1: It's like no topic is off the table. And so we wanted to open that up and share that kind of talk with other people. Yeah.
0: So we devised this podcast. It's a 20 to 30 minute podcast in which we just kind of freeform talk about the things that we talk about all the time.
1: We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Morning Commute welcome back sam thank you welcome to you as well
0: there is and this by the way this will not turn into a coronavirus episode but this is coronavirus related and i think it's pretty cool this is a positive thing about the coronavirus thing ah so among all of my science podcasts that I listen to, I found one that they said, uh, and you listen to the news a lot more than I do. So you might tell me if this has hit the news, whether or not people are talking about it. But they're thinking about using people's blood who have gotten the antibodies, doing blood transfusions and using that as a preventative, well, not even, as both a cure and a preventative measure, like using that blood for doctors so that they can get the antibodies prior and using it for people who are sick so they can use these antibodies to fight it off.
1: That's amazing. I'd heard about antibody testing, but I hadn't heard about it to that extent. That is incredible.
0: I think it's pretty crazy because it's one of those things that's like, it feels like 30-minute superhero television episode cure let's Mm -hmm. just use this person's blood and but it's actually something that they're they're considering is like well why don't we just use the blood of the people who have pulled it off and take their blood and transfuse it over to other people and hopefully the antibodies in the blood will fight off the disease okay go ahead
1: i have something that's not so happy and cut it out if you can cut this out if it's injecting a whole other forgive the pun but if it's injecting a whole other thing Right. Um, Andy Cohen, who is this, uh, he works for Bravo TV. He does a lot of reality television that you would hate, but he's quite the reality TV um, mogul. He had coronavirus and he is an openly gay man. Uh And I don't know if you heard this, but he wanted to donate blood for the antibodies since he mm-hmm. has through coronavirus and because he's gay um they still have all these rules and so one of the rules is you have to be celibate for three months before you can donate um and he's saying this is this is insanity it's not it's not 1979 1980 when we know nothing about aids you know what i mean that let gay men donate their antibodies donate their blood for the antibodies without these extreme rules of three months of celibacy um it feels
0: insane to me and i could be wrong here but i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure to give blood in oregon mm-hmm. you can't be gay like that's just the rule. whoa what yeah one of the questions on the th- on the questionnaire and you know you have to fill out an entire questionnaire when you're doing it is um is are you homosexual <sighs> boy i don't want to say that outright because i'm not it's been long enough since i've given blood uh, i have one coming up pretty soon here next week i think maybe next friday i'm giving blood
1: oh, are you gonna do it? Yeah, why not? Okay. I was just curious because I know that you've been real careful about going out, so I wasn't sure how you yeah. felt about that experience.
0: Well, you gave blood a while ago, didn't you?
1: I did. Right at the start of all this, I gave blood. What
0: did you feel about it? I guess the real question is my my general thing in my head is hopefully they're putting enough cautions in place so that it would be safer than say shopping everything yeah. and everything sanitary. What was your overall feeling giving blood?
1: I felt the only time I felt really safe in that I came into this little vestibule before. They even let me into the the donation room, you know, the donation area. Mm -hmm. Um, They took my temperature. Then they had me go in and answer a couple questions on a computer, pretty close to a guy who wasn't wearing a mask. Um, But other than that, then they had me-
0: A person who works there who
1: wasn't wearing a mask? Yeah.
0: Oh, that was a month ago though. So that's that's all right.
1: It might be a different experience now, but I will say for what I was with the same person, as soon as I got into, you know, they take you into a little room and they ask you questions and they test your, they finger prick you. To see if you're anemic, and I was with that person from that moment till the end of the donation. So, Mm. and she, they made sure that everything was wiped down before I got on the table, and they were spacing people out so you weren't right next to somebody. So, I think you should feel comfortable doing it. And that was even at the beginning, before people were, you know, before it was really becoming a huge big thing. It was like right at the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I I would think if I were looking at my phone last time, remember, I think it's of exactly a week. We're recording this on a Friday. I think it's exactly a week from today. I think it's next Friday.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, that'll be an interesting story. Um, I doubt it.
0: It'll probably be. Well, <laughs> my last one was an interesting story. Should we talk about that?
1: <laughs> of course we should. Um, so the last time that I
0: gave blood, which was in a pre-coronavirus <laughs> world, by the way, I am O negative, which means people who are O negative can give 20. That's not quite right. Well, we're, we're what's called a universal donor, which means anybody can take my blood uh, for being a donor. So you can you can uh, do a particular type of giving blood, which is called Power Red. And what Power Red is, is they take the blood out. And I want to say, <sighs> they take like all the, the handy bits out of it, right? And then they return the blood. And they also, at the same time they're returning the blood, they put saline back into your body. And as part of the blood that they're keeping, they pump some sort of uh, preservative into the blood so that it will keep longer. So they have this the stuff that they're putting in the blood that they're keeping.
1: <laughs> so lightheaded, just so you know, but keep going. And there's,
0: they're pumping saline back into me so that they can, and I'd have to read up on it again, but it's so they can get more blood out of me. So essentially the blood that they're taking from me can last, it can be, it's basically twice as much blood, Okay. Right? Um, so... And, and part of the reason uh, that I'm saying all that is to say that I don't give, get to give mu- blood on as regular a basis as a normal person could. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how long it is. I wanna say it must be about every four months that I can give blood because I think it's three times each. Okay. Um, I think that that's the number of weeks in between times that I can give blood. And essentially because they're taking basically twice as much blood out of me and just kind of re- <laughs> returning it with um with saline so
1: it's like they dilute your blood basically like, yeah woo! okay <laughs> this is why i couldn't go to medical school <laughs> this is
0: yeah because you can't even read the textbook
1: they right this and my inability to do math okay so yes
0: so the first time that I do this, I I get a little bit lightheaded and they need to like lay me down. The second time that I do this, I think it's the second time, I actually pass out. And I don't know, I don't feel lightheaded by thinking about blood. I don't feel lightheaded by like watching people give blood. Uh-huh. It feels more physical than it can. It it is mental, you know? Mm -hmm. I know some people, just the idea of it makes them lightheaded.
1: Yes, you're talking to one right now. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's got to be a physical thing, I would assume, where you're concerned. Because you don't get weirded out by stuff that easily. uh
0: -uh. And that's almost unrelated to the story. It's just kind of like part of Brad's giving blood history. Mm
1: -hmm. So the next
0: time that I go in, I go through the entire procedure. And I tell them in advance, can you lay me back? Because the last time that I did this, I passed out. And the cure to that is just laying down. Just basically, it's getting your heart level with your body so it doesn't have to work as hard. And... The person who was taking my blood, I don't know how many details I want to give. They're all basically relevant to the story, but in different ways. All right, we'll give all of the details and I'll tell you why I think they're relevant. Okay. The woman who was taking my blood was an elderly black woman who seemed like she quit giving a shit about five years ago. Okay. Um, it seemed very much like being waited on at a McDonald's. Like, she's only doing this because it's what's left, you know? Okay, yeah. And I saw this and I was like, well, I'm going to ignore that. That's probably all just in my head. Let's just get through this. So she hooks up the machine and I'm laying back and I'm like, Trying to play with my phone or whatever, didn't like pass the time. And I want to say, we'll say about 20 minutes into giving blood, someone comes over, someone who isn't this lady, and is like freaking out. Mm, minor freaking out, but freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the woman who hooked me up to give for me to give blood switched the lines when she was hooking up the machine. So instead of pumping saline into me and pumping preservative into the blood bag. Oh, pumped preservative and blood back into me and saline into the blood bag.
1: Hey, can I ask a side note?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Did you feel any different? Did anything feel different before you knew about that?
0: I don't think so. Okay. When the saline goes back into your body, it always feels a little bit weird because okay. it makes your whole body cold. Oh. Um, <laughs> So you can tell when that starts happening. And so, yeah, I guess that's the answer to that question. Okay. So they, and I don't think that it felt any different. If it did feel any different, it'd be kind of rewriting history now because I have no no real memory of what. Right. So they come over, they're basically saying, don't panic to me. I'm like, well, is there a reason that I should be panicking? <laughs> like what what's going
1: on? Are my arteries going to turn to stone now?
0: Yeah. They basically say that it should be fine.
1: Which is, can I just say, that doesn't sound super uh, comforting if it's like, well, you should be fine.
0: Right. I definitely got the impression that this isn't something that happens on a real regular basis.
1: They don't necessarily have a test group where they're like, you know, the other 10 people that this happened to are great now.
0: Right. So as they're standing there, they're also kind of chatting about like, okay, we've we've basically messed up this machine. Now we have to go through this cleaning shop process on the machine because all of the hoses are contaminated with the things they're not supposed to be contaminated with because they were going all in the wrong direction.
1: Wait, forget the machine. What about your veins?
0: We already went over that. Um, So that all happens. And then I want to say, it was half a week to a week later. No, it couldn't have been that long because they wouldn't have waited that long. It was probably two or three days later. Mm. Uh, Someone called me just to make sure that everything was fine with me. Do they
1: normally do that or is that a, something that happened because things went haywire?
0: They said it was because things went haywire and I don't think I've ever gotten a call before. Okay. and But it gave me an opportunity to ask them some questions too. Like,
1: <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> the only one that I really remember, I did ask two or three questions, but the only one that I really remember is, hey, can you use this blood now or was that just a big waste of my time? And the answer is no, they had to throw that blood away. Ooh. So they took blood out of my body, pumped chemicals that aren't supposed to be in my body into my body. Not super dangerous because everything turned out fine. Mm -hmm. And all that time was wasted because I couldn't use the blood. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason that I said elderly, overweight black woman is not because I think that that makes much of a difference to the story, except for that. If I go back to give blood again, Mm And she's the woman that's taking my blood. I don't want her to do it. But I also don't want to sound like I don't want her to do it because I'm racist. You know, right? like she stands out in the facility because we live in Bend and there's not a whole lot of black people who lives here. Even she doesn't because I was chatting with her before. Uh She commutes into Bend from like Portland or Eugene or something like that. I can't remember. Okay. They just kind of ship these people around because I guess they are kind of short staff. But if I see her, I want to be able to tell them, look, I don't want her to do the blood. Not because I think that I can tell by looking at her whether or not she she's good at it because last time I saw her, she looked like she didn't give much of a shit. And then that belief was reinforced by the fact that she screwed it up. And there was at least a minute possibility that it would have physical repercussions on me because it was a big enough reason for them to call.
1: Right, right. So your question is, do you have the right next time if she magically becomes the person to Say, hey, I'd rather have somebody else.
0: Yeah, and how do I do that?
1: Now, may I offer an alternative? Perhaps because she made this mistake in the past, she's even more careful with you this time? Is that how you would
0: do it? Is that what you would believe?
1: I... I'll tell you honestly, I wouldn't have the guts to ask for someone else, but I would mm. mention, hey, I don't know. I don't expect you to remember me, but last time there was a screw up and the preservative was in my body. Yeah. And then maybe she would be- I,
0: I'd also say she was very unapologetic.
1: She was? Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Can I can. I, now I have a revision. Sure. I think that if they pair you with that woman, you have the right to say, hey, I had an unfortunate experience with her last time. May I have somebody else?
0: I think just talking to you, what I'll probably do, because listening to your blood giving story, I'll probably say, I'll probably go off into that, private room yes she wasn't the one that, that took all that information she wasn't okay she wasn't and with that person assuming it isn't her mm-hmm. say hey last time i was here this is what happened uh, i guess i don't even have to say like give a description of her they can probably look up that information the person 100%. that gave my blood last took my blood last time i don't want them doing because it, it yeah. was a waste of time
1: i mean even if she's not there it might be worth it just to explain what happened last time just so they can be super careful this time that they're doing everything correct not that they don't but I'm just saying you might want to bring it up just yeah you would
0: hope that reinforcing being careful with a human being maybe isn't necessary but apparently it is yeah
1: see I feel bad because when I donated blood the woman I don't know what happened but she might have um she thinks that maybe she hit a valve or something so the needle was vibrating in my arm Uh and uh it felt so strange but anyway she stood there during the entire donation holding the needle in place she could not have been nicer more attentive more committed to making this successful because she knew if she took that needle out they wouldn't be able to you know I was goner and the blood was a goner so my i, w-
0: I would want to say because of the nature of that story my general experience is that that people yeah. are, are attentive and and nice and and handle themselves very professionally and and um and with a uh, deal of compassion um from moment i walked in the door to moment i leave she didn't seem like that okay
1: okay so stood out
0: like this there's, there's a degree to which it wouldn't have been a great experience if that hadn't happened, right. You know, cause she just didn't have a good bedside. Mm-hmm. And then stacked on top of that, you know, they pumped bad chemicals into my body. Not bad chemicals, chemicals that weren't supposed to be there.
1: Did you ask her out? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Okay. Just checking.
0: <laughs> Even though you're clearly 25 years, my senior, Hey, you want to go out and get dinner sometime?
1: <laughs> it's a May, December preservative romance. <laughs>
0: I don't know, know does that story make me sound like a horrible human being?
1: No, I think that it actually makes you sound like a human being who's trying to figure out the right way to handle something and not come off like a horrible human being. A horrible human being would be like, I'm never going back again, and I especially don't want this woman, but you're trying to figure out a fair, helpful way to avoid a similar
0: yeah and
1: and that's hard you're kind of backed into a corner for that very reason you don't want them to think that you're racist or ageist or that you have something against overweight people i mean there are a million things that you could be accused of if you're not real careful
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that's the brad brad giving blood story and uh Probably not next week, but the week after that, we'll be able to hear how the next one went.
1: <laughs> you know what's so cool about the whole blood thing in my mind, just even cycling back to the antibodies is, and this is a whole other thing that I'm sure we'll get into, but it's stuff like this that actually makes me believe in God less and more in the idea that we all came from the same star atoms. And you know what I mean? That that we our blood... basically
0: have the same blueprint, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah which I guess could be used as a, an argument for God. But I guess I like to use it as an argument for humanism in saying that it's really cool that maybe one of the answers to healing people comes from other people's blood. That makes me happy as a human.
0: Yeah. There's a metaphor in that. And I thought myself, like if they found out that that was something that actually worked, that -hmm. that you could get sick and get better and then use those antibodies to, to help somebody else out. Mm -hmm. If they had a program where you could volunteer, voluntarily infect yourself and just be put in the hospital, I would probably do it. Except for the fact that I have to deal with mom.
1: Right. That's big. That's a really big, beautiful thing.
0: The risk for myself, it's not that big. It's the risk for myself would be relatively low. I think I'm fairly healthy right now. Um, I'm 45. If I was in a hospital, I'd probably be healthy. I mean, that would be the the one thing is the fear that I'd be getting in over my head. I would want like make sure that that I like I would want a guaranteed hospital stay if I did something like that. right, right. You know, this isn't an accidental infection. It's purposely getting infected to help other people. The the payment I want from that is, especially for that, free healthcare. I want the entire hospital stay and all of that to be free, and I want a guaranteed health. Uh, guaranteed hospital stay so that I survive, you know? And I don't think that's the world that we live in right now because I don't, well, it isn't bad, but, but you don't, I would also feel guilty giving up that bed if I was, if it was for somebody else, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'd want extra beds sitting around so that I know that I'm not, I'm not stealing it from anybody. I'm not really helping.
1: Right. That's very noble, Bradley.
0: It's noble to say. It'd be more noble if it was an option. I can say, you know what I, this is what I would do if the bank was robbed, you know, everybody has those
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. You know, words are cheap. It's easier. It means more if you can actually do it. And I wouldn't do it right now because part of that story is if I didn't have a mother. Right
1: who needs you to do the shopping and make sure she's okay yeah yeah well that's what a sister is for and you've got one of those so you're good to go Yeah,
0: not one that lives in town good point <laughs> but um that is the uh blood might save us all story oh I like that yeah it's a good story it's uh it's like I said it's it's funny because it feels very like a comic book answer like mm-hmm. surely it couldn't be that easy but if it turns out to work and it might work yep. they're also fast tracking that solution because because they already know that it can't hurt you. You know what I mean? Like some, there's a lot of drug trials and stuff that you have to go through. All these weird things about whether or not, whether or not it's actually going to be harmful. But this is something we already do. So we know that, that it's not harmful and they're fast tracking it for, for other types of solutions.
1: Isn't that exciting? It is. Yeah, the power of what people can do for each other. Humanism at its best.
0: That's all I have to say. If you guys have any blood giving stories or anything along those lines or want to comment at all on this story or any other story you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash morning commute sam brad or leave us an email
1: at morning commute sam brad at gmail.com there we go
0: bye everyone bye You have feedback for the show? Write us at morning at gmail or leave a voicemail at anchor dot fm forward slash morning commute sam